And I always remembered what my mom used to say. She's a psychologist. And whenever I had a problem with something or someone, she would say, Felicia, what is really going on under the rug? And so it would force me to think, okay, well, why am I reacting this way? Why am I saying this? Why am I feeling this way? So I would simply apply that process. You hear all the bull about marketing every day. Make your money in your sleep. My new offer is crushing it. My guru could beat up your guru. It's time to go right to the source and get the truth about marketing. With your host, the founder of CopyChief.com, Kevin Rogers. Hey, welcome back to The Truth About Marketing. It's Kevin Rogers here. This is the show where we go deep inside the marketing campaigns uh, and the worlds of our premier experts in this business we're all in together to find out what really made the change in the business, what produced surprising results, uh, sometimes great, amazing results, sometimes shameful results. Those are always fun. And we never know what, uh, what those, how this question will be answered. So it's always fun to sit on the edge of our seats and get to know uh, one of our colleagues, uh, their business, and uh, what surprising result they got from something they tried in their marketing. So today my guest is a woman that I've known for a few years uh, simply because I, uh, she reached out to me and uh, I was dazzled immediately by her brilliance. Uh, and uh, we had a lot in common. We got on the phone and became quick friends. And um, she has been just like a super cool support, supporter of me and Copy Chief. And she's wicked plugged in in this business. And you'll hear why in a minute people are instantly drawn to her. And uh, never want to let her out of her out of their sight. <laughs> so, with that <laughs> awkward introduction, Felicia Spar, <laughs> thank you for thank you for being on the Truth About Marketing today. Thanks, Kevin. Wonderful introduction. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, you're what I uh, really dig about what what you do is first of all, you are able to um, reestablish sort of who you are in this business, right, and what you do which is always fascinating to me because people sometimes get really locked into the title they've chosen, right? Mm. Uh, and it, I think it takes a lot of confidence to s- step back and go, eh, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm better at this and why don't I just do that instead? And right. uh, so I want to talk to you about going from copywriter to what you are now, which is a charisma and leadership coach. Uh, I want to hear all about that and secondly that um i assume it was a really good choice for you because i know you're passionate about it and i'm just seeing your name in amazing places all the time now so it feels like you're on like a super uptick trajectory in your career i know you you were like one of the first guests on mike dillard's amazing podcast and uh you're just all over the place so um yeah talk to me about the decision of, you know, not just being a freelance copywriter, but, but taking it to a bigger stage? Yeah, that's a great question. And something that I had struggled with for a while, because like you said, you can get so caught up in, oh, this is what I am. I'm a direct response copywriter and, and that's it. And I literally 
Kevin, you would have laughed at me. I would just study, you know, Gary Bentavanga, Gary Halbert all the time. And I was like, I'm going to be like those guys. I'm like, that's going to be my legend. <laughs> but over time, I started to first get the sense that while I felt I had improved significantly in copywriting and I did enjoy it, there was something missing where I didn't want to spend my days writing all the time. And that's really hard to come to terms with because it's a little bit scary. You're like, well, I'm not, if I'm not a copywriter, then what? Yeah. So what started to happen was I noticed that women were coming to me and asking about copy. And at first it was more just like, you know, give a little bit of advice here and there. And then I thought, wait a second, I could easily coach someone and teach them how to do this so they can have what I have enjoyed having, which is a steady stream of clients and income doing something that I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. So I was like, let's just do a little test. And I started working with two clients on a coaching basis. And I recognized that I really enjoyed the coaching aspect. So that was like a little, my first like ding, ding light bulb moment where I was like, I actually really like this and I Mm -hmm. would like to do more of it. So I started getting more coaching clients. And at one point I said, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to take on any more copywriting work and I'm just going to coach. And at that time I was just coaching on copy. Hmm. So that was like part one of the journey. And so, so you kind of yeah. like wake up and I always, you know, I've been thinking more and more in terms about your calendar for, especially for freelancers, right? Like yeah. when you look at your calendar, how do you feel? You know, do you feel exhausted? Yeah. That, oh, I got to get through this day. Or you're like, yes, looking forward to every one of these things, right? So right. sounds like for you, you'd see those coaching calls and get charged up, whereas some other things might have felt a little more like that, that disgusting work word. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where It was more just like I wanted to, like, they were just writing things I had to get done. And I felt like I wanted more interaction with people. And I didn't want to just be inside doing that all all day. It Mm -hmm. wasn't quite working for me. So part two of what happened and how I got into charisma and leadership was as I'm coaching copy, I start getting more questions and more questions are like, well, how do I connect with people and how do I create rapport with people and how do I draw people to me and get them to want to work with me and all those sorts of questions. And so I thought, that's interesting. I'm getting a lot of these questions, not even from clients, but other people as well. And I was like, hmm, you know, my gears are turning again. And I was like, well, something that I've always been passionate about is communication and social skills and how people relate to each other. So I thought, let's do another test. (laughs) I think testing is a big theme and insight that anyone can take away from this was I was like, let's just see if people will pay for this, can I coach someone how to be a better people person? <laughs> Is that possible? Yeah. And it was. Hmm. So I, I got like just, a, again, it was like two clients, three clients at first. And I was like, oh, this is this is also something. And they recognized that I didn't want to coach copy forever. While I did so enjoy it, I thought there's just so much more growth and opportunity here. So that's what led me to making that switch. Wow, that's really, really interesting. Yeah, I think, you know, testing is obviously a huge takeaway. But to me, maybe an even bigger one is just being honest with yourself and recognizing what gets you charged up uh, and saying, why not? You know, like hearing that people are asking you for a certain thing 
and saying, hmm, what if I, what if I could only deliver the thing that I get the most excited about delivering? Um, yeah. Super cool. So how, how do you, so you test it and w- what does that look like? Because, yeah, I've never heard anyone label themselves quite like you are, charisma and leadership. Was that an existing market or is that almost something you had to kind of create? Honestly, it was something that I had to kind of create because for one, anyone who has dug very deeply into this market is that people don't really value social skills coaching. <laughs> like it just sounds a yeah. little bit like, meh, why do I need social skills coaching? Right. However, everybody wants to be more charismatic. I don't know anyone who's like, meh. <laughs> it's not really that interesting to me. <laughs> right, right. Christmas like my little like dangling carrot. It's code for all the other stuff that I actually do, which is help people with me you know, again confidence and their social skills. But charisma is like, ah, like of course I want to do that. Mm. That sounds that sounds exciting. So in terms of what it looks like, I was actually explaining this to a group of women the other day. Is I measure everything. So people think confidence, for example, is a very vague and abstract concept, which it can be until you break down its components and you have to learn how to teach someone. So when I work with a client, like we have, I call these field reports and they are very, very in-depth measurements of exactly what my client is practicing and doing and what the results are and what's working, what's not working. So it's a very interactive process so that they can not only feel differently, start to feel differently, more comfortable, but they also see the change in how other people are responding to them. Mm. So that has been huge for people who had originally thought, oh, confidence, charisma can't be learned. I'm like, it absolutely can. It just, you have to break it down into a process and a system. Right. That's brilliant. And so is there, it almost reminds me a little bit of the attraction market, dating, romance, those markets. Is it or yes. any of the tactics akin to what people would you know, be exposed to there? Um, <laughs> this is a very, I'm about to say something very politically incorrect. Okay. But like the answer is yes, but I just don't frame it that way. Yeah. So for example, I've read a bunch of books like The Game and The Art of Seduction, which mm-hmm. I think from a, a marketing perspective, from a human dynamics perspective, are fascinating reads. If you just you know clear out anything else that might bother you about them. But the principles in there hold very true, where if you learn how to present yourself, keyword present yourself as mm. someone who is high value, someone who respects themselves, and your actions reflect that, It's really hard for people not to be drawn to you. People are attracted and drawn to that. Just like when you're in the presence of an amazing seducer, they make you feel like they have something that you want. Mm. Like you're wanting some quality from them. So, you know, we we can go down a dark path there, but the principle I think is is really important to have. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. So I don't. I'm just. I'm fascinated by 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 this. And you know, I've read those books as well. And I I could see where people get either feeling from them. Right? It's either like, oh, this is such a revelation. This is a breakthrough. Or, uh, ew. You know, like this is so manipulative. More ew. A lot lot more ew. Yeah. (laughs) It's. uh, It's. You know. It's just. It it can very easily feel manipulative. Uh, Yeah. 
and 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 you know icky so um but i know you and i know certainly and, and you know you're dealing with professionals here not people looking to get laid uh right. so do you mind giving me i'd love to hear just like one thing that people struggle with and you don't have to give away a secret but yeah. you know what what are the kinds of first of all like what kind of people are you working with and what are they what are they struggling against yeah. So I'll give you a great example of someone that I worked with. And he was interesting because he felt like he had moments of brilliance. Like he felt like he had those moments where he was on. And like he like felt socially. Confident. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he felt confident. He felt charismatic. But it would only come every once in a while. And so he would look at other people and think, how do I how do I do what they do? Like, why is it that everyone seems to have so much fun around them? How do they just break into a group so easily? How do they just approach someone that they're interested in talking to? Mm -hmm. So just as like one example, as I would help someone with that is we first have to understand like what the actual fear is. So someone's like, Oh, I'm afraid to go talk to just someone who looks interesting. Let's say you're at a cafe. Mm-hmm. So the fear usually behind that is I'm afraid that they'll judge me. I'm afraid what they'll think of me. I'm afraid they'll think I'm weird. I'm creepy. This is going to be awkward. So all these things come up that prevent us from taking the action. So you first have to understand what's the fear and then be like, well, I think that that person would actually really enjoy talking to me. And I'm sure that if I made it a goal to just say hi, how you doing, and make some small talk for five minutes, then maybe this won't be so scary. So you have to take something that seems so huge and big, like, oh my God, if I approach them, I have to have this 30 minute long conversation Mm -hmm. and you make it so much smaller and so much more enjoyable. And then it's like, all right, I can deal with that. And so that helps that person actually take action, which is the most important thing. It's mm. like we can, you can think positively about it, which is great, but you have to match it up with the change in the behavior. Mm. So then you actually start to see for real, like, oh, that conversation wasn't so bad. What if I did it again? And this time I talked for a little bit longer. So that's like the crawl, walk, run methodology that I use because if people have all those fears they need to like break that down little by little and make dents in it wow really interesting and so anybody that comes to you could be sort of anywhere on that on the scale or spectrum of how how inhibited they feel uh socially right so so it's not like everybody's starting you know you don't have like some exact program where everybody starts at the same place it sounds like you're it's really individualized coaching Yes, I and there's a very specific reason for that where I don't have one size fits all program because everyone and how they relate is so different. It's so different. It's just like me saying something and you interpreting it in a completely different way. We're just there's a different mindset perspective. So everything I do is very, very tailored to the person. The problems are the same, to be honest, but mm. when the problems come up and how they come up is different. That's really interesting. Um, I'm just going to throw this out there because this yeah. is... We, throw it out. I talked to you earlier, but we'll talk like we were having lunch, right? And so this is what yeah. I would say to you if we we're having lunch. I've had, uh, you know, John Carlton and I, you know, I have another podcast with John and... Yeah. Uh, 
we, we've talked quite a bit about humor and, you know, uh, how to use humor in your life and in your creative work. Um, and when people come to me and they say, hey, Kevin, you were a comedian and you make these funny videos. How can I, should I use humor? Or, or you know, mm. or I, I, I want to use humor, but I don't know if it's right or how to do it, right? Here's the yeah. advice I give them. I say, okay, now say somebody's like really dry. Um, mm. I say, you know, there's so many great comics out in the world in, in through the last like 50 years of, you know, comics being in the mainstream or more. Mm. Uh, find, as a first ask yourself, if you had to, if you were a stand-up comic, who would you be, right? Wh which yeah. one would you be most like? And then study them and, you know, basically mimic how they're funny. So, you know, yes. George Carlin versus Bob Newhart. And I may be dating myself. You're younger than me. You may have <laughs> no idea who the hell I'm talking about here. But uh, no, I do. I think I you do. do. Yeah. So two completely different styles, right? But you know, yes. I say Bob Newhart because here's a guy who, you know, could easily be the most boring person on the planet, right? He he has this like stuttering approach, and that's his timing, and that's what makes him so funny, right? Yeah. So it just goes to show that no matter what sort of personality you have, there's probably a model for how to make it entertaining out there. And I think a good practice is to find someone specifically when you want to, if you want to be more humorous in a speech or something, find a model for you. Um, is, is, is humor something that comes up with people? Is it a big, uh, the people you coach, is, is that one of the things like, man, if I could just tell a damn joke or, you know, <laughs> get a laugh at a party, is, is that something they're concerned yeah. about? Or is that like not even on the on the radar? Oh, my God. Well, you just first of all, this is such a good topic to talk about, because for one, yes, everyone. And because so much of social skills, attraction, dating kind of advice is geared towards be funny, be the life of the party, tell a joke. Yeah. But not everyone is like that. So it can be really frustrating for someone who's just like, I'm just not, it's just not how I relate. It's just not what I want to do. And your point about like the differences in comedians, that's the same exact model and framework I use for clients where I'm like, look, let's, you know, there's Dimitri Martin and then there's Chris Rock. I'm Chris, I'm Chris Rock. Like that's my personality yeah. and my style. But look at Dimitri Martin. Look at like a quieter kind of comedian who's still absolutely hilarious. Yeah. And it's like with clients, for those who are more introverted, more quiet, I'm like, let's look at models of really charismatic introverts. Let's look at those people. Mm. I'll tell you about some that I know in my life. I can give you one of my good friends. She references James Bond as someone who's just like very cool, very mm. quiet, very methodical. And it's like seeing that different model can be life-changing because now it's not this one image, you know, the the one way to be. It's like, oh, I can I can take what I like from the people that actually resonate with me and use that to my advantage. There's nothing to overcome. That's my philosophy. Yeah. That's great. It's maybe almost like building a character in a sense, right? Like it's yeah. not a false version of you, but it's sort of like an amplified version of you uh, where maybe that makes it less personal in, in a sense and, mm. and not such a daunting uh, proposition because uh, it's almost like putting on a mask in a way, right? Yeah. 
And I think that goes back to, at least for me, how important self-presentation is. Mm. And the the myth that people think, oh, like I should just be, people should just love me for who I am, which is like a croissant that's hanging out next to the garbage can that's just been baked and saying, eat me. It's like, no, you're next to a garbage can. I'm not going to eat you. <laughs> but if you're wrapped in a pink box with a bow on it, it's like, all right, I'll eat the croissant. You don't even have to convince me. <laughs> that is the best analogy I've heard in years. Uh, that's hilarious. Thank you. The, the, Thank you. The, the croissant analogy that's going that's going down in history I that's going to go in the bullets in the copy yeah it has to it has to oh my god that's a great okay cool well here we are 20 minutes in and I, this is so fascinating i haven't gotten to the big question so let me yes. uh monitor myself and so <laughs> you you are a side of being uh you know big thinker and amazing uh, change effector in your clients. Uh, but you're also a, a very bright marketer and, you know, you, you, you're testing stuff all the time, like you said. So yeah. uh, tell us, Felicia, what is the one thing that you've tried in your marketing that produced the most surprising results? Mm, such a good question. Considering everything that I have learned from so many fascinating people, whether it was, you know, again, Gary Bensavenga is sort of my, my hero, there was this one golden nugget, and you could have, and it could have just passed you by if you weren't listening close enough, by Michael Fishman. It was in an interview that he did, I believe, with Derek Halpern, if I'm not mistaken. And something that he was saying as he was talking about the secret behind creating fantastic marketing campaigns that got responses was he said listen for what people are not saying and mm. for whatever reason it was just another one of those ding 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 moments for me where i was like yes mm. i mean for one that's the art of hearing what people aren't saying in conversation so you can understand them better but also from a marketing and copy perspective it's like well after you go through doing so much research, you can't necessarily take your research at face value. You have to dig much deeper into it and be like, well, what is this code for? You know, why would someone even say this in the first place? And how I connected that to what I do is when it comes to charisma and social skills, a lot of people will not tell you how like kind of awkward it can be to be like, oh, this is something I need to work on. And shame there is around like, oh, I'm not as good at this as I, which is basically what society tells us. It's like asking your friend, oh, how'd you meet your, your boyfriend? And she's like, oh, on hinge. Like she doesn't want to really tell you because it's kind of weird and <laughs> it's not like fully a hundred percent accepted yet because we're like, oh, you should just meet someone naturally. You yeah. should meet some, someone through friends. And if you don't, there must be something wrong with you. Yeah. Right. So that insight has stayed with me forever as a part of my process. And it's, it's a game changer and simply mm. because it makes you go 10 steps deeper than you normally would have. And yeah. that's what creates excellent response. Wow. That's great. That's one of my favorite answers yet. Michael's been a uh, guest on the show and yeah. I love that it's one of his uh, ideas because Michael was the first guest to share a negative case study 
uh, mm. which I really respected about him. And I think it goes to show Michael's the kind of guy who really does strip away ego uh, yeah. and only cares about results and in his personal relationships, in, 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 in his, his business, his, his consulting. You know, like yeah. it, you, you always know if Michael's giving you uh, some ideas, it's really because he thinks that's what's going to help you the most. Uh, right. Love that. So uh, listen for what people are not saying. So, uh, wow, that's really fascinating. <laughs> so is it, you know, in trying to do that, yeah. how did you put that into practice? Are you um, like what, what kind of new ears did it help you develop to hear what's not being said? Yeah, great question. So when I first, so I first heard that, and then of course I'm like, okay, application. How do I do this? And I always remembered what my mom used to say. She's a psychologist, and whenever I had a problem with something or someone, she would say, Felicia, what is really going on under the rug? And so it would force me to think, okay, well, why am I reacting this way? Why am I saying this? Why am I feeling this way? So. I would simply apply that process to research. So let's say in research, I saw someone say, I just want to find that one perfect line so that I can get someone to like me or talk to me. So it's like on the surface, okay, that's something that someone really wants. I understand that. But let's not stop there. What are they not saying? Hmm, they're afraid to be themselves. That's what they're actually saying hmm. because... That's the reason why there's the need and the desire for the perfect line because it would alleviate them actually having to be real in front of someone and it would prevent them from messing up and being rejected. So that's what they're actually saying, but they will not actually say that. So you have to, you know, you have to, you know, go down the the staircase in the mind into the dungeon and be like, oh, what's what's <laughs> hanging out around here? <laughs> yeah, what's under this tarp? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. Wow, that, that was a great example. Yeah, because like you said, it's uh, if you're not looking for it, it would slip right by you. And yeah, we want to take people at face value sometimes, right? And, of course. Uh, but when it, it sounds to me like what, you, what you've accomplished with this, and, and I'm sure this is part of what makes you such a great coach, is... Sometimes we can pick up on somebody's sort of their own BS uh, when we're in close relationships with them because we right. only because we see the pattern. Right. And right. so they've established this, this, this sort of silent reputation with us. We're like, oh, God, here we go. Uh, yeah. they're about to lie to themselves in front of everybody. But you've uh, by studying this managed to do it almost like instantly. So you're. You're almost hearing like the second conversation going on as you're having an actual conversation with somebody. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. And that is what makes a great coach and an excellent marketer and copywriter. Because if you don't know those things, you will not resonate as deeply as you could. And I don't think you get the response that you want, the best response if you don't go there. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's great. It, and I bring up Carlton again, just because that's that's my job in this world is to talk <laughs> about John endlessly. But <laughs> he's had such an amazing influence on my life. Uh, but he says something all the time. One one thing that really rang true for me that that's that's um, congruent here. He said, you know, whenever uh, somebody tells you that X is no is no issue, 
you better believe it's the number one issue, right? So mm-hmm. say you're on, as a copywriter, you're talking to a prospect, prospective client, and they go, listen, you know, money's not the issue. It's, and then they rattle <laughs> off all the things they are concerned about. And then, of course, when you get to budget, it'll be this big it's problem. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been, been true over and over and over again. And uh, it, it, it sounds like, but again, like most people won't even come out and say something isn't the issue, right? They're just right. skirting around it. And in right. your method, you, you just like learn to detect it. Uh, and so yeah. how do you sort of approach that with people? Do you call it out pretty quickly or do you just sort of note it in, in your notes and say, okay, this is like the real issue we need to work on here? Yeah, so that is an art. You have to be, at least in my experience, I, I know people who who have the skill, but they don't have the tact in the delivery. Mm-hmm. So you can notice everything everything that you're seeing. And if you call someone out on it at the wrong time with the wrong words and the wrong frame, they're not going to listen or they're going to get defensive. So you could go that way. But for me, I, I have to get a really good sense. I'll, I'll just take it from like, a coaching client perspective mm-hmm. where I have to understand perhaps why they haven't been aware of this yet. And that influences how I bring it up and when I bring it up, because maybe there are a few other things I need to learn first before they could ever become aware of it or understand what I'm going to say. Mm. Like a good example is I know someone who was really struggling with learning how to basically on a base level stand up for themselves and like know how to say no to someone and not let people walk all over them. Mm -hmm. Now I could have started a conversation with, you know, you really have to have more (laughs) (laughs) self-respect. So that's one way to go about it. But Mm -hmm. the client doesn't understand because they're not, they don't even know why they're doing what they're doing yet. Mm -hmm. So I have to go about it a different way. And I might go about that through like just having them do exercises first so they can like start changing their behavior a little bit differently or just understand, well, what might be preventing them from having that self-respect in the first place. Like, let's talk about that first. So you really have to be very tactful about it or else you run the risk of your message not being heard. Same thing. Same thing with marketing. Same thing with copy. So, by the way, I don't know if you ever plan to have children, but you are you're going to be a great mother if you do. <laughs> oh, I, uh, I am so happy to hear you say that because I can't wait to have kids. <laughs> really? Oh, good. I'm I glad uh, to hear that, too, because I tell you what, as parents, the, the, for me, that's when these things like really present themselves to you. Right. And as you you always wish as a parent, I think no matter how well you do, that you could go back six months or a year at a time and go, oh, if I'd have known this then, a better way to phrase that, you know. Um, right. And the fact that you're caring so much about how to help people, look, there's nothing more powerful than when somebody sort of discovers something about themselves for themselves. And yeah. what I'm hearing from you is the best way to help them do that is by giving them practices and little challenges and tasks that reveal that to them. So way more powerful than blurting out, hey, you know, you got this issue, Wolf of Wall Street yeah. style, like the hardcore coaching. <laughs> you know, yeah. just you, I think it's much more powerful to sort of lovingly recognize it and 
put them in a position to, to discover it for themselves because what could ever be more powerful than that personal moment where you're not being called out on it, but you're being right. made aware of it by your, by your actions in your internal dialogue. Man, wow, that's, that's amazing. Exactly. There is a huge disservice in an answer sometimes. Mm. You have to hold back, know when to hold back so that the other person can learn to rely on themselves and not you. Wow. Oh, my God, Felicia. This is like, I feel like I just went through a therapy session myself. You get this, <laughs> you get this like awesome, cool demeanor and you're just like so full of wisdom. Wow. Uh, wow. This was great. Um, again, want, want to respect uh, your time and, and our listeners' time. And I always could go twice as long, but uh, I'm going to wrap it here just because that was such a cool ending. Uh, again, there's three times I've gone, that's the quote of the show. And the, what did you say just now? There's um, uh, not answering. Disservice and an answer. Disservice and an answer. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Chew on that. <laughs> I am going to go. I'm going to go walk around. <laughs> I'm going to go take that for a walk around the lake. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. This I really enjoyed this conversation. And thank you, uh, t- tell us uh, where I'm sure everybody's just sitting there going, how do I find this incredible woman? Um, so give us your best URL and, and how we uh, come to know more about what you do. Absolutely. So you can find me at my site, which is howtobeinstantlyirresistible.com. And you can sign up for my email list there. Check out the blog there. There is so much great stuff that I offer new readers and subscribers. So I'm sure you'll find something just for you. I love it. How to be instantly irresistible.com. Yes. I can't believe that that was available when you searched for it. I know. I got lucky. I was like, (laughs) someone definitely has taken this, but I got it. (laughs) I love it. Okay. All right, Felicia. Thank you so much. It was a joy talking to you, and I hope we do it again soon. Thanks so much, Kevin. I really enjoyed it. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Truth About Marketing podcast. If you like this show and you think other people would like this show, the best way to spread the word is by reviewing and rating the show in iTunes. Just log in, click review, leave a big old fat five-star review, And let everybody know that you dig the show so that they can dig it too. To get all the links and resources we mentioned on today's episode, please go to copychief.com forward slash T-A-M, as in truth about marketing. And if you'd like to uh, learn more about how you can improve your sales copy with uh, templates, formulas, coaching, feedback, or hiring a pro, do all that on the inside of the members area of copychief.com and I will look for you there. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.